0: Hello! Welcome to my podcast, Express Yourself. It is an auditory sense of community of the Starbucks patrons, by the Starbucks patrons for the Starbucks patrons. For our guest today, her name is Miss Kelly Landry. Hi, Miss Kelly. Hi,
1: I'm so excited to be here. Yes,
0: and I'm so happy that you're here because whenever you enter my store at Starbucks, you have this amazing aura, the warmth. Oh. It, just, it makes me so happy that you're there. When I finished my script and I told you about it, you're the first person ever who said to me, I will read it. Send it to me. I was so like happy. It gives me so much joy someone actually wants to read it and also that kind of warmth. So you're here on this spot right now because of that.
1: Oh Russell, <laughs> I have to say, you are such a bright light in my days. When I ever I walk into Starbucks, even when we didn't even really know each other. Right, that well, exactly. You're just energy, you say hi to everyone, you give everyone a smile, and you truly feel like I know, I can feel that you're happy to see me. Yes! And so I, yeah. it's become um, really the, a bright spot in my day.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. It really means a lot. Seeing from you your... and
1: Nick, Genesee. And yeah. yeah and so Miss
0: Kelly, um, our listeners want to know, where are you from?
1: I'm from Maine. I'm from a tiny town called China, Maine. Maine is the most east state. So yeah. it has
0: harsh winters. Oh, yeah. So okay.
1: almost up in Canada. And I grew up in this tiny town on a lake. Mm-hmm. Such a small town. There's no traffic lights. Uh-huh. There's like one blinking yellow light. I used to drive my boat in in the summer to work at the ice cream shop.
0: Your boat?
1: Yeah, and I worked at the ice, yeah. Everyone has a boat on the lake. No, yes. and it's so cute. And then, you know, when you're, I think at 12, mm-hmm. you can drive the boat by yourself.
0: Instead of a car, you have a boat in Maine. Yes. That is amazing. <laughs>
1: at 12 years old, I was like, I'm so cool.
0: So back in Maine, what is the demographic there?
1: Well, it's very obviously rural. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of diversity in Maine. I had it just white people, mm-hmm. really. And we didn't have a lot of diversity growing up. But my parents would always take us to the city or you know Mm -hmm. Portland, Maine the big city Mm -hmm. you have like some kind of redneck people oh my god I was
0: going to say that but I didn't want to say it yeah 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 no no it's like (laughs) I don't mean judgy. (laughs)
1: No, no, not not redneck in like a bad like in just like a hillbilly. Correct. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, everyone's
1: walking around barefoot, jean shorts, and the right. Center, like. yeah. yeah, and do you,
0: do you go to school there? I went
1: to yeah, junior high and high school there, uh-huh. and
0: you went to college. And yeah. I went to
1: college in New York. When I moved to New York City, my dorm building had more people than my entire town.
0: Hmm. What? yeah that explains a lot about Maine yeah that's crazy
1: oh but I loved it growing up in Maine there weren't a lot of you know exposure to a lot of d- different arts and culture Correct. museums yeah but I was really lucky there was a city nearby where I went to high school called Waterville it has this great college called Colby College a lot mm-hmm. of people know mm-hmm. and then they have the Waterville Opera House and that's that so is cool. where Your I first, first got exposed yes that
0: is incredible. Like, this is what I'm why I'm doing this because there's always a birthplace to where you are now mm-hmm. and that Theater is the birth of... It's
1: the birthplace.
0: Of Kelly Landry. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Let's get going.
1: I have an older sister and a younger sister. Mm -hmm. And my older sister was like my hero growing up. Um, She was in a production of Annie. Wow.
0: That is wonderful. And so
1: I saw her in this and I was like, I have to do it. And so the next year they did another production and I was in that show I went and did Annie Warbuck and I was an orphan in Annie and that was my first role on stage did you
0: audition or you just got it the role yeah you audition okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but I mean it was like, like <laughs> it
0: was for you I'm sure I was like not good I'm sure <laughs> I just
1: like sit there and was like hi Yeah.
0: Buddy. Yeah, right. That was so cool. Eight or nine. Yeah, okay.
1: And I fell in love. With theater. With theater. Oh
0: my gosh. I love that.
1: Yeah, and then my parents, when we would go to like Boston or the city, they would take us to see plays and musicals. And I loved, I saw um, Phantom of the Opera. In New York. In New York. And Cats. Oh my gosh. And I became so obsessed with Cats. I got them, made my parents buy the movie. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and would write out all the words to all the songs and so I was and we would put on shows for my parents we would do dance recitals I'm
0: emotional that's amazing yeah
1: Yeah. and we would do movies I was making movies in my basement when I was like 10 I didn't even remember how many I made but I found old videos where I would whenever friends would come over I would do like documentary interviews with them
0: I'm, (laughs) I'm speechless
1: yeah and it's It's interesting, you know, because I've turned into more of a writer-director. Right. Now, but when I was little, it was always acting, because even though I was making movies, full-on movies in the basement... I'm sorry,
0: did you go to school for
1: that? (laughs) No, we were kids. Kelly. We were babies. And so, it's so funny that, you know, growing up in Maine, when you're obsessed with making movies and stuff and theater, everyone says, oh, you're going to be a movie star. Because you're a little girl growing up in Maine, you're going to be an actress. Yeah, yeah, And I was like, yeah. Because I did love acting. Correct. But it wasn't until I moved out to L.A. that I started directing and writing. And Mm. I was like, oh, there's so much. Mm -hmm. It's not just acting. I can create. I can make things. Exactly.
0: So let's go back from uh, from Maine to New York. What course did you take in the college that you went went to? To
1: Tish for theater. And I don't know, for anyone listening who's interested in applying to like theater schools or anything Mm -hmm. like that, I got rejected. Don't get discouraged. I got rejected from every single theater program. Girls, same. Except NYU. I got rejected from Emerson. I got rejected from Carnegie Mellon. I got rejected from Northwestern. I got rejected from Fordham. Every place. And so I was like, there's no hope. How did you feel? I was devastated Mm -hmm. as the rejection letters started rolling in. But here's why I think I got into NYU. I was a very polished, put together type A person. So I would always go and be very like prim and proper. And I was auditioning for musical theater. Mm -hmm. So I would do my songs. I would do my monologues. And I got to NYU to do the audition. And we got to kind of shadow and explore the campus a bit. Mm -hmm. And I just felt really, I don't know, off. Like I was making the wrong choice because I saw some of the musical theater kids. And I didn't feel like they were my people. I didn't feel like I fit in. And I heard some of them singing and I was like, oh wow. You know, I was a good singer yeah. for Maine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was the best singer. You were
0: a, a small fish in a big pond.
1: <laughs> I was a small fish in Correct. a big yeah, pond. Yeah, yeah, And then I got to NYU and heard some of them and then just saw it. I was never really like running down the halls singing musical theater. I was more analytical. So I got into my audition room and looked at the woman and I started crying. Oh my gosh. And she was like, whoa, sweetie, like it's okay. Are you nervous? And I was like, I think I made the wrong choice. I don't think I'm applying to the right school. It doesn't feel like me so starting out so vulnerable. I did my audition from a place of just like I've got nothing to lose. I've already cried in front of this lady. Right, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not getting in. There was this other studio, Stella Adler, uh-huh. where it was very I've analytical heard that. and yeah, yeah, very yeah. like you really write character journals. And I was like, I think that's where I want to go. And then I got in to Stella Adler.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So I think I learned there vulnerability in being real it's and like it's important. It's important and right, dropping right, right. the facade uh-huh. of like I'm great. I'm perfect. I'm everything's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. like just really being honest.
0: Did you tell your parents about this though? Yeah. Okay, what did you say? Mm,
1: yeah, mm. they were they were just so overjoyed that right, I got yeah. in because they were so supportive of me. Yeah. And, you know, as parents, like whenever I would get rejected, they'd feel it. Uh-huh. And so. That's
0: amazing. Do you remember your first acting role in a, Ooh. In the first production you ever made, yeah.
1: Oh, and well, in one of the productions, I was, um, okay, in Shakespeare, uh-huh. I was Don John in. Don John? Yeah, uh huh. I'm
0: sorry, it's a male character.
1: Yes exactly I love that they thought I was boring they thought I was uninteresting no. okay because everyone was very like angsty and artsy mm-hmm. and had all these deep things or was like doing drugs and sleeping around and dyeing their hair and I was and like,
0: you're the main girl I was
1: this like girl from Maine correct was, like yeah. hi I'm yeah. here I'm happy yeah, and they're like you're boring <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, boring that's so funny and I have a funny story. Okay. <laughs> I was used to being like good at what I tried. I was in a, you know, small town at home. Yeah. And it was weird to have people not like me at NYU.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. Psychology, everyone in Maine, they were uh-huh. like, oh, you'd be a movie star. And you get dropped in a big city. It's like...
1: Yeah. Mm. And I think I was, I was a people pleaser. Mm. Real big time. I cared what everybody thought about me. So NYU, it was brutal, but it was kind of what I needed to have people not like me necessarily or not think I was super talented and still have... Have to believe in myself, right? So at the end of your freshman year, everybody, all the theater kids, get these big reviews, like pages and pages of notes about their acting and their performance and their strengths and their weaknesses. Everyone was so excited, and I'm waiting, and I'm so excited. The people in front of me are getting like pages and pages, like a binder. I go up, and I got a sheet of paper, no, with one sentence on it. What does it say? Needs more life experience.
0: (laughs) Kelly, did did you
1: cry? Yes, I did. I cried. Yes. Yeah, and I was like, fine, what do you want me to do? Like, drugs and sleep around and like dye my hair, because I will. That is also people pleasing. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: oh. It's not funny, girl. It's not funny. In that moment, I imagine you, you know, in your Magdalene shoes and like. <laughs> in your prim proper outfit. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, you're boring. Oh, I was like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Okay, Uh huh. how did you survive?
1: I realized it was still the lesson I was being taught by mm. the universe, that it's not that I was boring. I just wasn't revealing all of myself. Mm. I was curating an image that I wanted people to see. And and you think about it, that is boring.
0: Correct or wrong, but you're in a school where everyone's in competition. Yes. Right? So mm-hmm. they try to bring you down, but they don't hate you. No, yeah. it's probably
1: part of the plan. Correct.
0: <laughs> Exactly, which brings me to my next question. Did you make any friends?
1: I made some great friends. There's a girl that I write with, this girl Jess. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I have a whole group of friends. Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah. I love that. Out in LA, yeah. So
0: from Maine, you mentioned before that there's no diversity, right? Right. When you were dropped in New York, did you see more diversity and how did you Oh react?
1: yeah. Oh I loved it. You
0: loved it. Okay. I love different mm-hmm.
1: experiences and mm, different
0: people, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: I bartended. Stop it. Uh-huh. In New York. author College. I love that. A place called Chevy's Fresh Max. Okay. <laughs> Down, friend, <laughs> down in the financial district. Sounds
0: like a straight bar. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was connected, it was a chain. It was like it's like a Chevy's, <laughs> it's like an Applebee's.
0: Did you graduate Tish? Yeah. Was it a big event? No. No.
1: I wanted to get out to LA as soon as possible. Okay. I graduated early okay. and I moved straight out to LA. Why LA? I just knew I wanted to do
0: film and TV. Love that, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I was dating a guy that had moved out here from NYU. But Stop it! Yeah, but That's I, adorable. Yeah, okay. but I knew I was coming out here anyways. Yeah.
0: So when you got here in LA, tell me, what was your your experience. Talk me through that.
1: It was crazy when I first moved out here. I was meeting my boyfriend where at the time. Then, yeah. But I ended up getting to LAX, and he ended up not being able to get back into the country. He was Canadian, so Drive no one was there to meet me. You know, we didn't have internet on our phones. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. any. We couldn't call an Uber.
0: Correct. Like, yeah,
1: I could get a taxi, but I didn't know where to, to go. go. Yeah, I was like so distraught, and I called one of my friends from NYU, who was from LA, mm-hmm. and her mom, who I'd never met, came and picked me up at the airport. I
0: love that mom. that's crazy okay Okay.
1: she was amazing and then it was a a tough go for a little bit trying to um, establish
0: yourself here yeah yeah. establish
1: myself and I ended up meeting this guy through with my sister who knew a guy damn you were
0: hustling Kelly
1: yeah and he needed a roommate so I show up and he was like oh my god you're so cute he was a stylist yeah and he was like do you need a job Mm. and I was like yeah next week I was his assistant wardrobe on the show TLC 10 years younger whoa yeah
0: LAC you for you that is incredible but like, then
1: that ended up not working out there was a little kind of drama with the living situation uh, i bartended at club nokia i would just walk down the street like i was passing off resumes at bars and restaurants
0: that is incredible Kali. wow in this day and age that's unheard of
1: there was a woman out talking on the sidewalk and she saw me walk and i started talking to them and i had resumes in my hand and she was like you're so cute like are you looking for a job and i was like i am like here's my resume and i gave her my resume and she hired me and i started doing on the events. spot yeah oh my gosh i think that's why people when they say like fresh off the boat to LA and you get your big break. It's because you're carrying that energy like anything can happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's like that energy that brings in opportunities. And the longer we stay here, I think people, you know, you get jaded or you get beat down. Correct. Or you go through tough times. There, yeah. And you forget that all this possibility exists.
0: Wow. I'm going to cry. This very inspiring. I've been here six years. And hearing that from you just brings out more life in me to push forward, you know? Yeah. Well, we're...
1: you're doing all the right things. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> <Thank> you. you. <laughs> like handing yeah. your script out. Like talking about your script. Yeah, work. exactly. Like reaching out to people. Doing your podcast. podcast. yeah
0: thank you yeah I have to
1: say I was so really you inspire me I'm like gonna tear up I was so inspired by you because I've been kind of like in a rough place recently trying Mm -hmm. to get the next job and thinking about what's next I was like oh there's so many things I could do and I wanted to start a podcast I want to do this and you would talk about your podcast and then like two weeks later you're like it's happening I'm doing it and I was like oh wow yeah that is see (laughs) that you just gotta do it
0: I want to cry I got it I can't I can't that's amazing you,
1: you Russell you really inspire people like I think you are I don't even think you're aware, like, of how your energy and your essence and your drive.
0: Uh, guys, I'm crying. Okay. So let's move forward before you actually cry. (laughs) Uh Miss Kelly, mm-hmm. how old are you? If you don't I'm mind I'm 36. Me. And what do you do now? In a well, way?
1: I'm a writer-director. My career's been kind of non-linear. Uh-huh. I haven't done the traditional.
0: I, that's a creative life, yeah. I
1: kind of started out, you know, acting. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know, do you want to hear the story? how I got like, into writing, directing. Yeah,
0: I would love to hear the story so we you know people who are listening can be inspired by how to break out.
1: I think it really comes down to, you know, the little you know the little impulses you get, the little thoughts. Don't question the why or how or whatever. Just something that brings you joy. Just do it. And So I was bartending Mm. at Nokia, and I would always tell everybody I'm an actress, I'm a writer. One of the girls I bartended with, her husband was a director, and he came into the bar. They had needed a girl to play a vampire babysitter in a music video. He was shooting for a YouTube star, Fred Figglehorn. So he was like, oh, you've got the Kristen Stewart vibe. So he hired me to come be the vampire babysitter.
0: Stop it. So
1: I shot this video with this kid, Fred Figglehorn, and the video got like 20 million views. No! Yeah, and this was back in the day. When that was, That's
0: unheard of. Yeah, yeah.
1: I knew. I was like, I gotta use this. The next day, shot a video in my apartment saying, Hey guys, like my name's Kelly. I played the vampire, but I'm getting a bad rep. I'm totally not a vampire, you guys. And then everything I would do in the video would show that I was a vampire. And then at the end of the video, I killed someone. And that got a million views. I did another video, a song, and it got two million views. Some of the people that worked with this YouTube kid liked my stuff. They were like, Can we hire you to write and shoot and direct videos? He has a movie coming out to promote his. His new movie on Nickelodeon, and there'll be YouTube videos, funny sketches. And they were like, "So you have a camera, and you have, you know, how to use Final Cut, you have lights, and all that stuff." And I was like,
0: "Yeah, yeah say I just yes. not, yeah, I did of course, not. yeah." The LA way, say yes <laughs> and do it later. <laughs>
1: I shot that those videos on a flip camera and I edited it in iMovie and just posted them online. Literally two weeks later, I was on set at Universal Studios mm. shooting John Cena and Ariel Winter and all of these big people who were in Fred Figglehorn's movie. That was it? That was it. And they ended up airing the videos, all my sketches as a special on Nickelodeon. Can we
0: see it? Is it still?
1: Yeah, they're online. You can see the vampire videos I did the first one. Okay. That got, they're on love- my YouTube channel So That is
0: incredible. How old were you when that all happened?
1: 24?
0: Were you overwhelmed?
1: Yeah, I didn't even really realize at the time.
0: I don't know. It missed something. It missed like a whole child experience. <laughs> yeah,
1: missed a whole
0: of experience <laughs> but you were there but
1: I was shooting like a handheld camera. yeah you were weighing
0: it, it's, it it's... setting up
1: my lights being like I think this is good
0: and they loved it right yeah, yeah. they loved
1: it the videos are still up yeah. I think it's uh, one of the sketches is called John Cena talks like Fred correct From and there... then I got to write for Ray William Johnson uh-huh, uh-huh. equals three
0: yes okay
1: so I wrote with him and he gave me my own show which Damn. is amazing called top six so yes. I hosted that uh-huh. this guy who was a PA his name's Carter mm-hmm. he went to work at Fullscreen so he put me up for the job there and then I did a show for Collins Key Disparing Girl the show Guilty Party I got to direct that and then from there AT&T and were like what do you want to do you can do a comedy now great so I got to write and direct comedy series for okay. Facebook Watch with at t so it kind of just and this took off
0: and this all happens without formal schooling oh yeah no I never writing. studied
1: I never studied writing or film correct no and then I just showed on a project a couple years ago for Quibi right, from right, right. the pandemic I oh I ran, remember Quibi. Yeah. oh my
0: gosh okay are you proud of yourself her- Yeah, I am. I'm proud of you. That's (sighs) incredible, Thank you.
1: But I think the whole time, I think people, I don't know, for people listening that are like, oh, and I think I have to tell myself, oh yeah, it is amazing. Because when you're in it, it's always, it feels amazing, but it's always scary and you're always worried where the next job is coming from. It's never like, I've arrived. Yeah. I've made it. Yeah. Because right now I'm still, I'm trying to sell a show. Correct. I'm wondering where the next paycheck's coming from. It's like, this craft is a, takes a lot of faith and like trust and hustle yes. and I guess it's maybe not I'm trying to let go of the hustle a bit I'm trying to be like things will come to me
0: you know what it, I mean, you have a good point you a fair share of hustling and, and fair share of if it's for you it's for you right wow okay tell me about your parents
1: my parents are doctors of
0: what oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh okay. my dad
1: they're retired now but my dad was an anesthesiologist okay and my mom was in internal medicine and they're amazing so when I was like I'm gonna be an actress they were like we don't know what to do with that <laughs> they were always very supportive And they were very into music and theater. My dad taught me how to play guitar. Mm. My mom would do some of the shows at the Opera House with us. They really encouraged the art.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, and
1: just the support. Like, Mm. I'm really lucky.
0: Throughout the career you have, did you ever feel a rock bottom? Like, you were so down in your luck. And you were like, I want to go home. Just restart, refresh.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of
0: times. A lot of times. Oh, yeah.
1: I think when you're, you know, especially when I was bartending, even when this stuff started happening, I was still bartending, and you just want to quit bartending and make money and it was just killing my soul I didn't know what to do I decided I was going to be a spin instructor instead because that would be in my mind like better than bartending right yeah so I got into this training program Uh. and I was so excited and I had to do like three months of training got to the end and you had to do like a practice ride be able to start teaching and making money so I'm teaching a practice ride to no one except these two people who are like judging me yeah and they're standing in the back just watching and at the end they said oh like we don't know It didn't really feel like your interaction with the riders was genuine Damn. And I started laughing because there were no riders. I thought it was a joke. It was a fake class. <laughs> so I was started of laughing, and then they're like, "No, you know, we're really looking for authentic LA personalities, and you're more Toledo." That's what they said to me, and I go, "Oh, you guys, you have a studio in Toledo?" He's like, <laughs> "No, no, we don't."
0: I love your reply. You have a studio in Toledo. <laughs> I can go there. <laughs>
1: And so I, in that moment, I broke. I started in front of them, started sobbing. I was just, cause I had stopped bartending. I was, this was going to be my thing. You risk it all. At the last minute. And I, I was not okay. It was like, I'm even thinking about it now. I was in a dark place. Yeah. Two weeks later, I got my first writing job. You
0: have siblings? I do. Yeah, you Mm, mentioned. My
1: younger sister is here. Mm. She's an editor. (gasps) <gasps> yeah, wow. In LA. Did, yeah. you, did
0: you influence her to be
1: in She moved out here because of me. Stop it. she was in New York and I was out in LA always posting like sunny pictures. Oh. And she was like, I'm going to go, go there. there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Who's the other sibling?
1: My older sister. Older oh, sister. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jackie. She's mm. out in Minnesota. Okay. And now she hires me to shoot some interviews and stuff for her company.
0: So you're 35, right? 36. 36. Mm-hmm. At this point, can you say that you are good at what you do? Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But I'm always, you know, trying to get new skills, mm. trying to get better.
0: Okay, let's talk about romance now. Okay. Ooh, yeah, you, okay. you mentioned so many breakup mm-hmm. and stuff. So are you gay, straight, bi? Straight. Straight. What was your dating life when you got here to LA?
1: It was good. It was, it was good? You know, yeah. It was kind of fun and wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then I started dating at 22. Okay. Started dating a guy mm. and he was a comedian. And we dated for a while and we lived together. Mm. And then we broke up and I was like, biggest heartbreak. I was Aww. like, devastated. Mm. But, you know, you keep going on? Are
0: you more inclined to go with guys who are creative?
1: You know, looking at the people I've had relationships with, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I would never, i be like, oh, I don't want to date a comedian. Uh, I don't want to date a writer. Uh, I don't want to date, like, being such a snob. Yes. Like, I don't know why when I'm all of those right. you're Right, right, right. Uh, and then I always wind up gravitating towards people who are creative, and mm. maybe not even, you know, they could have a, like, other type of job, but Mm-mm. some creative outlet. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah.
0: Does that because, you know, you gravitate towards those men who are creative. Does that affect your writing? Do you write more, you know, write what you know, right? Do you write more towards? Yeah,
1: oh, it's funny, I Mm. actually wrote a movie with a writing partner called Profile of a 30-something Female. Okay, cute. And it's all about dating. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: How did it evolve? How did your writing
1: evolve? It just got so much better. Because when I started writing, I didn't, I was just, didn't even know how to do it, really. Mm -hmm. I think I wrote a first script with this guy, Ben, from NYU, Mm -hmm. who I love. And then I tried to write a script. I got into the CBS Diversity Showcase for writers. Okay. That was amazing and a great experience of writing sketches. And then just getting to work with people, and you know, now I've showrun it. It's gotten so much better. But you only really learn by doing it and yes. learning from people above you and mm-hmm. I've had a lot of great people give me tips on writing yeah, and pitching. Yeah 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 who's yeah. your favorite writer? Ooh that's
0: a good question. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I love New Girl. Like she's one of my New favorite. Girl. New Girl. Okay. And then mm-hmm. I love um. Oh, Dead to Me. Yeah. Oh, and I love Mike Judge. I love Office Space. I love mm. you know Silicon Valley. Mm.
0: As a female writer, do you write your stuff focusing on female leads or does it matter?
1: Yeah, I do mm, write, write a lot do? of stuff female leads. Oh, and I love Tina Fey. Tina yeah. Fey Mean Girls. Like it's my that's one of Iconic. my absolute favorites Iconic. Kind of
0: gravitate more on like if I have a script. It has to be a female deed.
1: Not that it has to be. Okay. But mm. I think that's just what I know. That's Correct. what I connect with. And I always feel like that's the story that I'm going to sell. Because when yeah. you're trying to sell something, they're like, well, why you? And if it's so clearly why me? My heart and soul in the script, then it always feels more relevant. I'm writing a movie right now where we have it's a male and then a female. Yeah. I love writing complicated women. Mm.
0: Walk us through your writing regimen. Do you drink Starbucks coffee? I, I do. do. I go get a write. Starbucks.
1: You okay. know me. I come into Starbucks every day getting yeah. a chai tea latte. Yes. Love it. But I'm stopping for a little bit. This is actually a big part of my life right now is like kind of spirituality and I went on an ayahuasca retreat. So I always start my days with meditation, okay. 10 minutes minimum. Yeah, I like to write in the morning because by the end of the day I get burnt out. But then, you know, as a writer, I've never been great with a schedule. <laughs> I'm always just like, I get up, I write. If I have a session with a writing partner, then I'll write from like 10 to 12. I don't know, when I was writing one of my first scripts, a script called Carmen's Bitch, and I just, you know, I wrote it in three weeks. It's like staying up all night, like sleeping in weird hours. It was just like, like, I yeah. gave myself the time to just do that, uh-huh. and that's what
0: I did. As a writer, what is your goal? Do you wanna win an Oscar?
1: An Emmy, I wanna Emmy? have a show. Mm-hmm. I wanna show run a project. But I really want to move people. That was one of my big realizations with ayahuasca, is I was, it's always hard to fight, you create from ego. Like, I wanna be famous, I wanna sell this, I wanna get a house. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so i really tried to tap in and be like, why am I making this? If-
0: I-, I can't, it's just so much wisdom from you.
1: Also, I'm trying to practice what I preach.
0: Are you single now? I am. Okay. Are you seeing someone?
1: Okay, I have a date oh. after this. Love it. I'm um, sorry I'm
0: keeping you. I know. No, no. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just enjoying dating. I'm just out and about. I love a good East Coast guy. Mm. Just something about... um...
0: So, Miss Kelly, this has been a conversation.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: before I end this amazing podcast and why it's amazing, tell your audience, what is your favorite Starbucks drink?
1: Ooh, well, right now, (laughs) it's the almond milk chai tea latte. Okay. And uh, oh, you know what I love also? mm -hmm. Uh, One with the caramel cream. Iced coffee with the caramel cream on top. Cold brew? Yeah, but that's like my treat.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's like if
1: I'm having a bad day. Correct. So (laughs) if I ever order that, you should be like Kelly's. Are you okay?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Did it go bad?
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) that's <laughs> so yes. funny
0: okay thank you Miss Kelly this has been so inspiring I'm uh, moved by you thank I you yeah. so, uh,
1: Russell I'm so moved by you it's so nice to have someone be like wow, yeah like,
0: well thank you this is why yeah. you're here because I want uh, you to reflect on how amazing you are as a person I didn't know you back then
1: uh-huh. and what
0: you've accomplished but I realized that what you've done and what you've said to me back at Starbucks that I want you in my home and talking about uh, your life because yeah I
1: love you, you so much you
0: zoom so much light
1: oh uh, thank you you do too yeah. you are just glowing <laughs>
0: Oh, I love you. Oh. Skincare. Skincare. <laughs> anyway, thank you, girl, and good night.